Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey everyone, as you know, we've been recording with Anchor for about a year now, and honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because A, it's free, B, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone, and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required, and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back to episode 37 of Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast. We're coming to you. This is probably our shortest time doing a podcast in between podcasts. Uh, Recorded one on Friday night, put it out on Saturday. It was an AFC North preview with Ethan, and I was shit-faced during it. Um, It is now... (laughs) When you guys hear this, it'll be Wednesday, July 3rd. We are heading out of town for the 4th of July. And a big, giant UFC card is happening this Saturday. UFC 239, pretty, pretty big card, a lot of big fights on it. So UFC's been good to us. We get, a lot of, we get a lot of listens when we put out UFC episodes. It seems to be a hot topic for a lot of you guys. So we're going to keep covering it. We're going to do an entire episode about UFC 239 and release it on Wednesday, July 3rd, when you guys are hearing this. So, um, yeah, pretty much the bread and butter on that one. Yeah, gambling's been a bit slow because of the lack of sports going around and betting on – because betting on baseball, which is the only sport going on right now, is very risky. So we don't want to put our records on the line for some baseball games that we're not sure about. Saturday should be fun. We can put out a lot of different ones about Saturday because we'll actually be back – we're coming back on Saturday – um, and we're going to be watching it at my house. Um, my Maybe I'll try to get some out Saturday afternoon before the fights. Yeah, yeah, because there should be a lot of cool ones here. I mean, there's even some, there's a few fights in undercard that are pretty decent, but we're not going to be talking about any of those. We're going to be talking about all five main card fights, um, which are all, to me, looking like they're going to be pretty good, um, especially the last three, two of which we got two title fights on the line. John Jones is defending his light heavyweight belts. And um, Amanda Nunez is defending her women's bantamweight belt. She actually holds two belts, the featherweight and the bantamweight. She's defending the bantamweight um, on Saturday. So without further ado, we're going to jump right into it. Basically, we got a couple of topics. We're going to talk about, like I said, all five fights, how we see them playing out. And then we're going to talk about three specific, three specific fighters at the end of the episode from this card and kind of where we see them going next. Um, so first up on the docks for the main card, which starts at nine o'clock central time. It's pay-per-view UFC 239. We've got a welterweight belt. For those of you who don't know, welterweight is 170 pounds. And we got Diego Nightmare Sanchez versus Maverick Michael Chiesa. Um, both are unranked fighters. So kind of interesting, but there's a reason why Michael Chiesa is unranked. It's because it's actually on his second fight at welterweight. He used to be a lightweight. Had to cut, had always was having to cut a bunch of weight. Um, and that's, as you can see, it's a lot, very dangerous for a fighter. Um, he lost two fights in a row, decided to bump up to welterweight. And uh, this is his second fight at welterweight. So, Travis, I'll kind of let you 
go and talk about this fight, kind of how you see it playing out, and maybe we'll just bounce it. We'll, we'll, this is kind of a, a free-flowing episode, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you take away. Did you talk about the records already? I've not said anything about the records, no. Diego Sanchez has been around the block a time or two. Yes. He is 31-11. and 11, And Michael Chiesa, Chiesa, however the hell you want to say it, is only 15-4. and four. So he hasn't been around nearly as long as Diego and, Sanchez and this, has. And this is only second fight at, at, at welterweight. Yeah. Um, but uh, according to Bavada, all these lines that I talk about tonight are going to be from Bavada. He has his minus 325. See, I, I, I got mine from my bookie, and Chiesa was minus 230. And Sanchez is plus 250. So um, <clears throat> I, just based on the odds alone here, I hate to just go off the odds, but it, it's fight, It's hard to not pick the favorite here um, in regards to who you, you think is going to win. The only thing that's shaky to me is that Sanchez has never been submitted before. Yep. And Chiesa's 11 of 15 wins have come from a decision. Um. He's never knocked anyone out. So, I mean, for me, Sanchez is 37. You mean uh, 11 so of his 15 wins have come by submission? What did you say to sit? Or was yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're fine. Submission. Yeah. So, even if he doesn't get submitted, I think Chiesa can ride him out on the ground because he's super good uh, and just kind of win by ground control. And just kinda, it's going to be probably be a boring fight to watch. Uh, he's just going to probably try to take him down. A lot of takedown attempts, a lot of ground riding, kind of like we saw last weekend from the uh, Damian Maya fight. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go here. Chiesa by decision. Okay. I like I like the Chiesa one because he's younger, obviously. Um, Diego Sanchez is 37 years old. But like Travis said, he's been around the block a time or two, over 40 professional fights. Um, and he's really not – he doesn't have a specialty when it comes to like, you know, one guy's you pick him as a knockout guy, like Conor McGregor, you know, Francis Ngannou, people like that. Um, where, and then you have people like Damian Maya, you know, Ben Askren who like to submit people or get them on the ground. Diego Sanchez kind of do it all. I mean, he's won by KO, he's won by sub, he's outlasted the opponent's decision. But when you have over 40 professional fights, you're going to have that. Um, and this is actually only Sanchez's fourth fight at welterweight since returning from lightweight. So he, he was at welterweight, went up, went down to lightweight, came back from lightweight in 2017. So this is his fourth fight at welterweight. He's two and one since returning to welterweight. Um, in his last fight, he won by KO. So, so they're both they're they're both coming up from lightweight. Yes, yes, relatively 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 recently too. Um, this is Kiesa's second fight. Um, his last fight, uh, his first fight at welterweight. Travis, you and I actually watched it. I don't know if you remember it. It was at UFC 232 back in December on the last John Jones card. And he submitted Carlos Condit in the second round um, via yeah. choke. So um, the kid, had, he, the kid's a stud a on the ground. So yes. Yeah. And like Travis said, like you, you just look at him. He is a hundred percent on the ground. He's got zero, zero percent of his wins have been by KO. 73 of them have been by submission. Um, and he loves the grapple. Like Travis said, submit, just really kind of grind them out. Um, Sanchez is going to be a tough guy to submit, but I do see Kiesa doing it just because he's younger. He's probably got more stamina. Um, I just see him outlasting him. I see him wearing Diego Sanchez down. Maybe, and I see like a late second round submission uh, by Michael Kiesa. So I'm taking him as well, just kind of late in the second via submission. Yeah, I probably would stay away from it unless you're putting it into parlay because minus 325 is just shit. Unless 
we put it out Saturday. If there's like a round or a decision or something to bet on, that would be the way to go. Yeah, um, but we're I guess we're both going. Uh, she has to hear. So. And I could definitely see him moving up because he's he. Both these guys are unranked because they're relatively new back to the division. Kiesa is only a second fight ever, but if he gets a good win here, you know, especially submitting two guys in a row, one being Carlos Condit. And then this Diego Sanchez guy's been around forever. I can see him climbing the ranks, start getting some some top ten fights soon. Yeah, for sure. So, like I said, probably don't see that one being too entertaining. No, probably the it, most it, boring of the five. I don't know about that. We'll we'll talk about that here in a second. But the next one after that, we're gonna go to a light heavyweight bout. Light heavyweight's two hundred five. For those you don't know out there, don't know about that out there. John Jones fights light heavyweight. He is the light heavyweight ch- championship belt holder. And this one we got Jan uh, Blachowicz. Blachowicz is what I can. I don't know. He's ranked number six in the in the light heavyweight division, and he's fighting Luke Rockhold, who's actually making his debut at light heavyweight. Um, Luke Rockhold. Luke Rockhold was the former um, middleweight belt holder, which is one eighty five, um, and now he's jump, making jump up to two hundred five. This is his debut. So, how do you see this light heavyweight belt? coming out between uh, Jan Blankowitz and uh, Luke Rockhold. Yeah, Jan Blankowitz is 23-8 and eight in his professional career, and Luke Rockhold 16-4. and four. Um, Again, a little bit of a difference. You got a 36-year-old going against 34-year-olds, so they're pretty relatively older guys. And Luke um, Rockhold's record is 100% all middleweight fights. Yeah, so um, the odds on this, Rockhold's minus 185, and Blankowitz is, one, is plus 150. So they're not. It's probably it's the closest one of the of the main card. Uh, both coming off losses to very good fighters. Jan lost to Tiago Santos and Luke lost to Yoel Romero. Um, so that's a tough one. Yoel Romero was overweight in that fight, by the way, by like three pounds. Either way, he still lost. But still, yeah, he he lost. Yeah, Rockhold's yeah. fights very seldomly go the distance. Ten percent of his his fights go to a decision. But crazy. Jan's nearly go the distance half the time. So we're like right around 45 to 50%. So, I mean, it means that he's – Blankowitz is seasoned. He goes the distance a lot. He's, he has a lot of stamina, likely having more stamina than Rockhold because a lot of his fights don't go the distance. And Luke has only been knocked out. He, Luke has been knocked out. Wait, fuck. God damn it. You're right. Hey, we're two drinking bunch of pockets. It happens. Could you 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 re, you regather yourself? I was kind of kind of jumping there anyway because you also said like Blankowitz can wear him out, wear him down. Luke Rockhold's gonna be carrying some extra weight in this fight, so it's probably his stamina. I mean, just you know, just by straight up biological physics, whatever the fuck you want to call it, carrying on extra weight, you're not gonna be able to last as long. So that could play a big factor too. Yeah, he's only been knocked out. He's never been submitted. Or went to a decision, Rockhold. So his four was it his four losses have all been by KO. Yes, every single one he has been knocked out. So I'm actually going to go upset here. Hell yeah! Saying that Jan gets some solid strikes in, gets the late nod. Rockhold's going to be tired in that third round. You know it. So this big man's going to throw some fucking haymakers that this guy's never seen before because coming from a bigger division so i'm going jan by ko in the third wow that is insane um so like like i kind of said earlier i love that pick and you're gonna hear why in a second 
But Luke Rockhold's making his debut at 205. Um, his last – he fought back in February of 2018. Well not, well, not then, but he lost the middleweight interim title fight back then. Um, he was the middleweight champ at one time. Making the leap to 205 is a bit scary for me um, for a lot of reasons. I mean, you face some bigger guys. You're carrying more weight. You're going to get tired easier. Um, it's just it's, – it's, it's a different game. I feel like making the jump from middleweight – from 185 to 205 is a lot. Like all these guys down the lower weight classes that go from 135 to 145 or 145 to 155 or even 155 to 170, you're talking 10, 15 pounds. Here you're talking 20 pounds. Like that is a lot of weight to add on in a fight. Jan is experienced. You know, he's had over 30 professional fights. He's 23 and eight. Um, he's on a four, was on a four fight win streak dating back to October, 2017. Like Travis said, he lost to Thiago Santos back in February of this year who's actually fighting for the title on this card. So he lost to a legit title contender. But before that, he's won four of his last five. He's experienced as a weight class. And I'm going to take the upset, too. I don't know what Bavada had him at, Travis. My bookie had him at plus 140. I think he's a pretty well-rounded, balanced fighter. And I also have him winning by KO in the third round. Yeah. Uh, he is plus 150 on Bavada. So either way, you're getting a good, pretty good bang for your buck. Even if he doesn't knock him out, because he's only had five knockouts in his career. He is very good on the. He's pretty good on the ground, having nine submission wins. So either way, I think that just the the weight, the like upgrading weight for Rockhold is just going to be a lot to overcome uh, for this guy because he's he's seasoned vet. He may not be a household name, but he's he's decent. I mean, he's number six in the light heavyweight rankings. And yeah, it's kind of a kind of a shitty draw for Rockhold for his first light heavyweight fight to fight somebody in the top ten. If you want to climb the ranks quick, you got to fight the best. That's true. So That's true. Um, I, I actually like this. I'm not really sure why Rockhold's the favorite here with his first heavyweight fight. Or light heavyweight I mean, fight. Just Rockhold's a stud. I mean, he was a stud in the yeah, middleweight. He's a household name for sure. Yeah, exactly. You couldn't say healthy, though. That was one of his big problems. And it's because he was doing all these weight cuts, which I think maybe 205 will help him there. I don't know. I just don't see it happening. And there's always a few upsets on, on the main card. Um, and that was one that kind of just stuck out to me. That being said, we're going to move into the next bout, the third of the five on the main card. It's another welterweight bout, um, which is 170. You got number four, Jorge Gamebred Masvidal, who's coming off a big win, another, facing another guy who's coming off another big win in his UFC debut, number five, Funky Ben Askren, the Mizzou alum who was getting his fucking head pounded in by Robbie Lawler until he got him in a bulldog choke and made him go limp. Um, so two guys you know, who are coming off big wins. Uh, ben Askren's never lost in his UFC career or, you know, or in his MMA career for that matter. Yeah. I, he's one and in the UFC um, jumped the rankings pretty fast. Um, so let, let's go ahead and hear your thoughts on the Mizzou alum and Jorge Mazadal here, Trev. Yeah. So Ben Askren is 19 and zero. only one. He's only had one UFC fight. So he's one known in the UFC. Mazadal's 33 and 13. So talk about another guy who's been around the block a time or two. Uh, he's had a lot of fights uh, and not really an amazing record. I mean, 13 losses is kind of a lot. <laughs> For sure. Um, the odds on this, Askren is minus 250. And Masvidal is plus 195. So it's kind of surprising for me to see, seeing how Askren came out in his UFC debut. He won by a submission in the first round, but got rocked pretty early in the fight and looked like he was going to get knocked out. Um, so, I mean, not a lot of sample size to go bet in the bank on Ben Askren. Um, 
What do you think about that? My big thing with that was, is like, you can't be hit harder than a guy than Robbie Lawler. I mean, Robbie Lawler's got some fucking iron fists and he took a lot of shots to the head and never went limp, never stopped defending himself. And that's why the ref didn't jump in to stop the fight. I, I'm hard pressed to find another welterweight out there that hits as hard as Robbie Lawler does. And the fact that Ben Askren got hit that many times in the head, got slammed on his head and didn't give up. I mean, the dude's tough as nails. I don't think Jorge, even though Jorge Masvidal absolutely murdered Darren Till. Yeah, I was going to say, I think this fight should be a little bit closer than what it is on paper from the beginning. Masvidal has only been submitted twice and knocked out once. So it's hard to say that either of those will happen, but I feel like for Ben to win this fight, he's going to have to submit him. I don't think he's got – I don't think he is going to be able to – I mean, maybe decision if not a lot of punches are thrown, but if if it goes to decision, I feel like he's going to get out-punched, out-significant striked, and and I don't think he's going to get done. I just feel like he has to submit him in here. Um, so with the wear and tear of his ground game, because Masvidal is going to try to keep this fight on his feet as much as he can yep. um, because he knows he's not a wrestler. <clears throat> he's going to lose if it goes to the ground. So I think he's going to be uh, – He's going to beat him down by the late second. Maybe look for a submission attempt and get it. Um, so that's what I'm going with here. I'm going with Askren by submission in the second. Okay. Okay. I definitely see all your points. I mean, his grappling and takedown game, Ben Ben Askren's that is, is next level. I mean, for you guys who, who don't know, go out there on YouTube and there's a lot of um, people out there that are kind of analyzing it. I mean, it, he just – once he gets you on the ground, like he'll just wear you down. And he was, he's, I mean, he's a collegiate wrestler. Uh, I can't remember. was a two time national champ. I think a two time national champ in college. Um, so he, he, he knows how to move, maneuver on the ground and can get in. He'll just keep moving and keep grinding you out. So he gets you in the position that he wants to get you in. Like he did a Robbie Lawler and got him in that bull. I mean, a bulldog choke is like elementary school. It's like bulldog chokes. What I got, what I used to get Travis in when we were, when we were kids growing up, like literally just, grabbing his head and would give him a noogie like that was essentially a bulldog choke and Ben Askren choked out one of the best one of the best welterweights ever do it in Robbie Lawler um however Masvidal's takedown defense is really good he's it's a 77 percent um so he's good at defending the takedown so that should be interesting um and I don't anticipate this being a fun fight at all like Travis said I I feel like Ben's smart about keeping his distance. He's going to try to control the center of the cage, get points that way, push him up against the cage, grapple, not let him get any like extending shots out. And I just see him kind of grinding him out against the cage. And if he can't get him on the ground, wear him down on, wear him down on the ground even more. Um, I actually ask her and win this by decision just for center cage control, um, cage control and, you know, ground control. Um, it's probably going to be a little bit boring, but I have asked her winning. See, I disagree. I don't think this is going to go to decision at all. I think it's either going to have to be Askren by submission, or I would not be surprised if Masvidal gets a knockout in this fight. So maybe closer to Saturday, they'll release some odds on that, and if they're, they might be pretty high to take that. But Ben's never been knocked out. I mean, the, those those odds are going to be stupid crazy. I don't. I mean, never we, lost. We saw what he did to, to Darren Till. I mean, he's got this power and. Ben Askren's, but Darren Till's a boxer ass. though, so Darren Till was trying to stand up with him. We'll see, man. We shall. I don't know. I, fourteen. I just, Darren or Jorge Masvidal's got fourteen knockouts in his career. Forty-two percent of his wins come from knockout. That's fine, but let's look at the list of opponents he's fought, though. So that's, what I'm saying 
is that it's either going to be knockout by Masvidal or submission by Askren. I went submission. I'm, I could have went the other way, but I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Yeah, we'll see. I think Masvidal's a punk. I don't know. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I, I, I definitely can see Ben Askren just can kind of control in this fight from the get-go. Um, but we never know. Um, ben Askren's actually one of the fighters. I told you we're going to talk about three fighters at the end of the episode. After talking about the whole main card, he's actually one of those three fighters. Kind of, we'll talk about that later. The next fight, though, is uh, what I think is going to the last two fights, really uh, of the two championship bouts. I think this one's going to be super fun. We have the women's bantamweight title title fight as the fourth fight on the main card. Get the champion Amanda Nunez, the undisputed bantamweight champion Amanda Nunez, and she's fighting the number two contender Holly Holm, who is a legend in her own right. Um, obviously being the one to knock out Ronda Rousey, take the belt from her. So Travis, how do you see this fight between Amanda Nunez and Holly Holm playing out? Amanda Nunez is 17 and four and Holly Holm was 12 and four. So another kind of close little, uh, matchup here, but Amanda Nunez has really pretty much dominated the last, her last few fights. Um, and Holly Holm is not Nunez has won. Um, her last eight fights and Holm has lost four of her last six. So Nunez is minus 370 heading this Holm is plus 280. And I'm hoping this is a better fight than what I think is going to happen, but I just can't wrap my mind around this being a close fight at all. No, I agree. I mean, Nunez may go down as one of the most dominant, if not the most dominant women's fighter in UFC slash MMA history. I mean, the, the, the girl is just, Absolutely insane. I mean, 71% of her wins have come by knockout or TKO. I mean, she hasn't lost since 2014. It was on an eight-fight win streak. She KO'd Rousey and Chris Cyborg, probably the two baddest bitches on the planet besides Nunez herself. Knocked them out both in the first round. Yeah, that's what I had here. Of her four fights, her last four fights, two of them were in the first round. They were Chris Cyborg and Ronda Rousey, two of the best fighters that have stepped in the ring for women. Yeah. I mean, Chris Cyborg is scary. I mean, if you guys haven't seen Chris Cyborg, look her up because she's scary. And then Amanda Nunez, I mean, me and Travis were watching that fight and just couldn't fucking believe what we were seeing. Like, what the yeah. fuck is going on? I thought on? Chris Cyborg was going to win by leaps and bounds. Yeah. But and, uh, that didn't happen. No. Nunez is not to be fucked with, though. I see this fight staying on their feet for a lot of it. Um, yeah. Neither, neither are really submission artists. Well, Holly their- Holmes won zero, zero percent of her fights by submission. Yeah, a lot of their wins come from knockouts, so it should be a fun one, honestly. They should just be trading blows the whole fucking time, which would be awesome to see two girls just in there throwing fists. Yeah, and um, you got to remember, Holm is a 18-time world champion kickboxer. So, I mean, and that's, how she, and that's how Holly Holm beat Rousey the first time, was kicking her in the head and knocking her out. So That's true. I just, yeah. I, It's hard for me to go against Nunez here. I mean, minus oh, 370. Yeah. I'm going Nunez KO within the first two rounds. So I wouldn't be surprised if it happened in the first, more than likely happening in the second. So what I think is cool is these, these two are legends in women's MMA, Nunez and Holm. They've never fought each other, which I think is awesome. It's going to be historical. Um, I think Nunez is the better stand-up fighter, though, unless Holm can catch her with a head kick like she did with Rousey because everyone thought, I mean, Rousey's more of a submission artist. Um, but I just don't see that happening, especially looking at their, their reach is the exact same. Nunez actually has a three-inch leg reach advantage 
on home. They both um, have the same same stand up reach though. Yes, same sixty nine si- inches. Same sixty nine. <laughs> same arm reach. Um, unless home catches her the head kick, she doesn't stand a chance. I'm with Travis. I see Nunez knocking her out in the second round of all title fights. If you guys don't know, or five rounds. This is a t- this is a title fight, and I see Nunez knocking her out in the second. Dang, we both had that. And the only one we've had different so far was the Askren fight. Yep, for sure. So, again, one of the fighters we'll talk about later after we talk about the entire round. We're going to talk about, talk about Amanda Nunez as well. We're going to move on to the main events. It is the main event. It is the men's light heavyweight championship bout. It is you got the champion John Bones Jones versus the number two contender, Thiago Santos. And I remember whenever this first came out, Travis like, who the fuck is that guy? I'm like, Thiago yeah, Santos has been around for a long-ass time. Yeah, so, I looked into him. I mean, John Jones is one, one of my favorite fighters. And before you go saying that he's the best fighter ever, then that's why he's my favorite. You're wrong. But either way, John Jones is 24-1. and one. Never, Really no, never been that beaten. one loss is bullshit. It was illegal elbows. Yeah, he's never really been beaten technically. No. So uh, he's 24-1, and one, and Thiago Santos is 21-6. and six, So still pretty good. The odds here on this fight, though, are just ridiculous. John Jones is minus 600, and Santos is plus 400. So, I mean, it's uh, – I uh, My bookie had him at minus 5 and plus 350. Either way, it's yeah. stupid. And, I mean, anyone – I don't think John Jones gets his first loss here. I just don't see it. They're both pretty similar fighters in regards to their style, except for that John Jones is way more dominant on the ground. So I'm thinking that he's going to try to take it that way, um, <clears throat> even though he has an eight and a half inch reach on him. Yeah, it's absurd. I feel John Jones's reach is like one. Of, I think one of the biggest in UFC. It's insane. I mean, I think it might be the biggest. Yeah, and even even he's got a he's got a two and a half leg reach advantage there. I mean, which so I mean, it's just it's crazy. And he's two inches taller than him, so he's going to be looking down the whole time. It's going to be a lot for Santos to overcome, possibly. Maybe the best fighter to ever get in the octagon. Yep, I agree. So do you want to throw out your prediction of what you think is going to happen? Because I know you're yeah. John Jones. So like I said, I, I don't know how much he's going to knock him out because they're both, they're both stand-up guys, and I don't think he wants to take the chance of getting knocked out. <clears throat> he's going to chop him down. John Jones is really good on the ground. Um, so I think – John Jones wins by submission in the third. Okay. I like that. I never thought – I didn't think about the chopping down aspect uh, when I was thinking about this fight. Um, so I, I, do, I do like that pick. Like Travis said, I mean, you can say John Jones is one of the greatest to ever do it. I mean, I can't even imagine where he'd be at if he, did, if he could have stayed out of trouble. Um, but he couldn't. And that's neither here nor there because he's still he's 24 and one. Yeah. He's back now. He's 31 years old. Um, and I feel like he's here to stay this time. I think that his length. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. 
or on top of the world. Ah, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Like Travis was alluding to, um, is going to allow it to keep him away and keep Santos at bay. Not let San- Santos is, 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 by all means, make no mistake about it, he's a knockout guy. 71% of his wins have come by KO, 5% by submission, 24% by decision. So this dude is a knockout artist. Like that's that that's what he goes in t- to do. He's a big guy, he wants to knock him out. Jones can keep him at bay, like Travis said, chop chop his leg down. Use that reach to kind of just anytime he gets close, throw your fucking arm out there and jab him right right, right in the face. Um so I think that's what's going to happen. Santos has won four of his last five fights. Three of those four were by KO. He's KO'd the last three fights. I just don't think – I think John Jones is smart enough to not let that happen. He's probably watched the tape. He's not going to lose to a guy with six losses on his record. And I really hope Jones kind of provides a spark because the last fight he had against Anthony Lionheart-Smith was a bit of a snoozer. went to decision. So I'm actually predicting a Jones head kick KO in the fourth round here. You want to know why I think that, Travis? Because he's shorter and his legs are stupid long. That plays into part of it, but I think Santos <laughs> is going to be down 3-0 when he goes into the fourth. I mean, this fight's going to go a little bit long, longer than what people think, but I think Santos is going to know he's going to be down 3-0 going into the fourth. I'm like, shit, I have to knock this guy out. I have to knock him out in the next two rounds. He's going to push it, get too close in the fourth, be tired, have his hands down. Jones is going to fucking just re- kick him right in the head. Boom, night-night, motherfucker. Um, so uh, John Jones by via head kick in the fourth. Yeah, because, I mean, for – for Santos to win this fight, he has to knock him out. The dude yep. is not good at submissions. He's only had one submission win. And I really and even if it goes to decision, I think John Jones is just gonna have more strikes and he's just gonna dominate the fight. So he's gonna have to knock him out, and I like that. It's not a it's not a bad pick at all. Leg kick to the head is a very specific way of knockout that would be kind of crazy. That'd be awesome to It'd see. It'd be awesome. I, I wanna see it. I've seen one of those live. Yeah, for sure. So that's kind of the main card. We only went with one upset, that being Jan Blankowitz or Blachowitz, however you want to say his name. Um, but if you had to pick, just just for fun, before I run and go get a beer, before we talk, talk about our next topic, if you had to pick another fighter on the card who is an underdog that you want to give somebody a decent, like, hey, this person might win, they're an underdog, who would it be? Mazdadal, for sure. I was going to say Mazdadal. It has to be for me. I mean, because I, I don't know. know. I don't know. Diego Sanchez could do it too, though. No, I don't think so. I'd say the the one most likely for me would be Masvidal. Okay. I mean, if I had to pick, because uh, my my upset of the night is going to be Jim Blakowitz, obviously. Um, yeah. If you're like, hey, you have to bet on another underdog, I would probably do Masvidal. But if Masvidal does it, it's going like you said. It's, I don't think he's going to knock Ben Askren out. I think it's going to be by decision. But I th- I'm I'm hoping the the Missoula can, can can get it done, and it's not even due to the fact that he's like the second 
least underdog. It's just in the fact that he he has he has a decent it's a tough fight. It's two top five fighters. Masvidal's four, Askren's five for a reason. Um, we're actually going to talk about Askren next. Um, and it's crazy uh, to think that though that John Jones is the champion and Santos is I think number two. Yep. I want to say he's number two, and the fact that it's he's a six hundred minus six hundred favorite just blows my mind. It's insane. All right, so like I said, that's the main card there. Um, kind of how we feel about it, but we're going to talk about three fighters. Three fighters who I think, after this, if they win, like like we predicted, um, their next fight's kind of a kind of has a question mark on it. Like, who the hell are they going to fight next? So I thought it'd be fun, to kind of talk about okay, if these three fighters get the job done. Saturday, July seventh. Um, was it six? It's the six. Saturday, July six. Um, you know what, what's their next move? First, being Ben Askren came in the UFC hot. He's in his thirties. Um, if he wins against Masvidal, especially in the fashion that you that you predicted in by submission, that's submitted two of the top five, two of the top guys, Robbie Lawler and Jorge Masvidal in the welterweight division by submission. You know what kind of where does where does Ben Askren go next? Like. What's what's next for Funky? I mean, you and a lot of people say like, oh, like we got to give him a title shot. It's hard to say that, just given the fact that he's what sixth, fifth, he's fifth, it's fifth. He'll he'll jump immediately, jump to fourth at least. Beat, if he beats Masvidal, beat, he would have beaten Masvidal. There's Dos Anjos, Colby Covington. He's not going to fight Woodley. Um, so, I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, like he needs to be given a title shot. I think you could make an argument for both. Like, one, oh, he's only had two fights in there. Like, why should we just make a special ex- exception for him? He's 34. He probably doesn't have a lot much longer in him. And I think he should probably get a title shot. But if he loses, I can see him, you know, maybe working his way up the ranks for like a year and a half or so. Um, to maybe- so we're, so we're, we're just assuming that, that he wins. Oh, just assuming that he wins? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I would say that he's he's got to get a title shot maybe late in the year. Okay, I, I, I like that. So he's, if he wins, he's immediately going to jump to four. Um, easily. For those of you who don't know, the rankings go Kamara Usman, Marty from Nebraska is the champion, the guy beat Tyron Woodley. Woodley's one, Covington's two, Dos Anjos is three, Mazzarell's four, and Ben Askren's five. Um. And what's kind of interesting is Covington is the quote-unquote interim title holder, which I don't know why he is. He's probably stripped by now. But they gave him – he's the number two guy. They're, he's fighting Robbie Lawler in August, not even on a pay-per-view card, on a UFC fight night card on ESPN+. Plus. Like, that is how much the UFC hates this guy. Um, he's just a kind of a bad example. Like, um, What is it, August? August, yeah. I say – if Col- if Covington wins, he he will have to get a title shot first. Ah, has so here, to. So, so listen. That would just be dumb. Yeah, hear me out. Usman's nursing an injury because he's a fucking bitch. And I feel like, first of all, can we get a fucking champion in the welterweight division that can fucking stay healthy and not be a big old fat bitch? I mean, love Tyron Woodley. He's played the injury card even though he fought four times in a year at one point. Um Kamar Usman wins it immediately, claims an injury. He's probably going to be out till like December now, which is ridiculous. Um, I don't see him coming back till I bet you Usman fights on that very last card of the year, Travis, like right before New Year's Eve. I bet you that's when he fights out when he when he fights again. 
I don't see Askren waiting that long. Even if Askren wins, here's who I think his next opponent's going to be. Rafael Dos Anjos, the number three contender, is coming off a win against Kevin Lee. He beat Kevin, he beat Kevin Lee in May, currently, currently ranked three. I think if, if Askren wins in early July, him and Dos Anjos will be on a card in either September or October, and the winner of that fight gets Usman. That'll be a lot of <clears throat> turnaround for uh... – That'll be four fights in a year for Askren. Askren said when he first came into the UFC, when his first fight, he goes, I, don't, I know I don't have a lot of time. I would like to fight, I would like to fight three to four times this year. That's what we told him. Totally That'll right. be a lot. We'll see. Like, I'm, like I said, if Covington wins in August against um, Robbie Lawler. No, Robbie he, Lawler beats his fucking ass. He, is, he has to get the title shot. Like, even me, like, I don't like the guy, but that's just bullshit if he doesn't get an opportunity. Yeah. So I hope, I hope Lawler beats his ass, puts it to bed. Same. Um, I don't. I don't like the guy, but if he wins, and he's well deserving of his title shot that he has been waiting for. But is my so you see Ben Askren if he wins? So you're saying if he wins on Saturday, he gets it against Usman, even though Usman's not going to fight till December, probably November. I, th- I think we have to wait and see what Covington does. So you. So you're saying Askren's Askren's next bout. It's an Askren win and a Covington loss to get that title fight in December. Okay, so, okay, hypothetically, I'm going to throw a big curveball your way because this is a podcast we're thinking our feet. If Askren wins and Covington loses, or no, if Askren wins and Covington wins, you think Covington gets a gets title shot. Askren's not going to wait till after that title fight to fight next. So if Covington does win in August, what's Askren's next fight? He said he was going to fight in September versus Dos Anjos. So you agree with me then? I mean, it's either that or he fights Woodley. <laughs> and we all know that's not going to happen. So if he wants to fight, then he, that's who he's going to have to fight is Dos Anjos and, you know, September, October. Because if Covington wins, he, I think he gets the title shot. So that's what it is. Covington wins. He's going to – okay, if Covington does beat Lawler, he's going to get his ass kicked by Marty. Well, I mean, he, he earned it, and that's what happened. Yeah, true. You're so. right. You're correct. Um, so Travis thinks – Travis has got a lot of scenarios going on. Um, he thinks if Askren, wins, I got one scenario. It's a, it's this is what has to happen for Askren to get his title shot. He wins, Covington loses. That's it. Okay, by December. Yeah, but if Askren wins and Covington wins, you think he fights RDA? Yeah, and then he'll have to wait till like March to get yep. his title shot. For sure, I definitely see that coming. So um, Askren's got a lot of lot, lot of possibilities. It's going to be exciting to see how that plays out because the welterweight division, I mean, those top five, I mean, those are some big names. You got Kamaru Usman, you got Woodley, you got Covington, Rafael Dos Anjos, who's a legend, Masvidal, Askren, even behind them. Travis, you know Steven Thompson's seventh in that division? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, Robbie Lawler's 10th, Damian Maia's 12th, Neil Magny's not, not a chump at 13. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty it's, – that, that division, we, we, we can talk more about like stacked divisions in UFC later, but um, the next fight we're going to talk about is Amanda Nunez. Um, you know, so she, assuming she beats Holly Holm, like Travis and I both predicted, we both predicted a knockout in the second. Um, so this would be her, her fourth time defending the Bantamweight belt in the division. Um, so what do you see next for Nunez if she beats Holly Holm? Because right now she holds the 135-pound belt and the 145-pound belt. But the 145-pound belt in the women's division is kind of up, up in the air because there's not really any rankings out there. 
They don't really have a lot of fighters in it. Um, so kind of if, if Nunez beats home, what's next for her? I mean, I guess she just keeps fighting. There's not, there's not a whole lot she can do. She's, uh, she just turned 31 in May. So she's not terribly old. I can, I mean, I can see her defending her belt like four or five more times or so and maybe hanging it up late next year, early 2021, if things go the right way. But, I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot she can do because there's only, what, two divisions in women's? There are four now. Now they added um, the featherweight. So you got, you got strawweight. Well, I mean, she which, can't go to strawweight or featherweight. She's too big. Yeah, she can't drop to 125. She got to stay at bantamweight, which is 135, and um, featherweight, which is 145. Charlotte's 115, flyweight's 125. Um, I mean, like, so I agree with that. So with that being said, like, who does she fight next in if she beats Holly Holm? Like, who do you think is the would be a good ticket fight for Amanda, for Amanda, Amanda Nunez? Jesus. I mean, it's got to be this Jermaine DeRondamy girl. Yep. Right? Yep. I mean, even though they, she's – they've, they've, They fought before, though, but it was back in 2013. Nunez beat her. But that was six years ago. Or this Ketlin Vieira girl who's 10 and 0. Never really? lost. Yeah, she's number three right now. I mean, see, it's one of those two because other than that, like, it's hard to not give the, the fight to number one. But she's eight and three. So you could give it to this girl who's never lost while Man Nunez is still hot and young ish, like not on the edge of retirement to make a decent card. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you could do either of those. For sure. I, I, I have, I mean, I would love to see a cyborg rematch for the featherweight belt. Um, but rumors have it that cyborgs actually ducking the fight. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun. So winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. So Nunez called, I don't know if you've been following, but Nunez called Cyborg out on, on social media because um, Cyborg apparently ducked the fight. Cyborg's actually fighting somebody else. I can't remember who it is in like August or September. Um, and I think Cyborg thinks that, that if she ducks that Nunez fight long enough at the featherweight division, which is 145, that the UFC will eventually, eventually strip it from her because she's focusing on the Bantamweight belt and lets her fight against a non-champ for it, which is, Total uh, bitch move. Um, yeah. But I do see this day, Radami girl, you know, day, Randami, um, for the Bantamweight strap. She's number one contender in the division. Hasn't lost since that one fight to Nunez in two, 2013. But she doesn't fight a lot. She's only fought four times since 2013. But they're all wins, so she's 4-0. However, that same girl that I talked about, Jermaine Day, Randami, ducked Chris Cyborg 
and she had to surrender the featherweight strap to Cyborg, and the Cyborg lost to Nunez. So, I mean, really, who the hell knows? I mean, if this – who did you say, this Ketlin Vieira girl, if she yeah, got the she's balls – she's 10 and 0. If she got the balls, give, give it to her because, I mean, Cyborg's got a, got, got a bad habit of ducking fights. Um, Day Rendami's got a bad habit of ducking fights. So, I mean, give it to this girl. She's relatively young, I would assume. Um, yeah. Uh, the only thing I can see is that from what I'm, from, I'm, from my research, her fights aren't the most exciting. Um, of her last four fights, three have been decisions. She won one by submission. So, I mean. Okay. So, you, you got that. But you fight Nunez. Nunez is coming, is, is coming for blood. Exactly. But, I mean, she, then you got to think about, man, this girl isn't really knocking anyone out. She's going to get her ass kicked. Yeah. So, so it's also, true. if you're looking this up and you're like, who, who's this Chris Seibel girl? Um, her name on like UFC and fighting stuff is Christiani Justino. Yes. Her like nickname is Chris Cyborg. Yeah. And it's so, like C- all, all the rankings. She is not Chris Cyborg. So don't look for it. That it's C R I S by the way, too. So, um, She's you, know, you know what would be fun, trust me, looking at right now, is if Joanna Jimjacic could put on 10 pounds and fight Nunez. Oh, no, man. She's been she's been on the down and out the yeah. last. So, but if you had to put your money on it, like Nunez wins, she's defended her bantamweight belt for the fourth time, do you think it's more than likely she goes and fights Cyborg again for the featherweight belt, or do you think she fights one of these two girls in the, in the bantamweight division? And if so, which, which one of the two do you think she fights next? I don't know. It just depends what Cyborg wants to do. If apparently she's ducking around, now she's going to want to play around with that game. I think she'll she'd rather fight one of these one of these girls right here. Maybe this Ketlin girl that she's never fought. If if that becomes an opportunity, but maybe this you know randomy girl who she beat in 2013. If she wants a rematch. Maybe she'll be like, all right, come my way. Yeah, I'd like to see her stay stay in this division and not fight Cyborg again. Maybe in like seven or eight months fighter again yeah yeah i definitely would like to see her fight one of those two girls we just mentioned jermaine uh de Rendami or uh ketlin Vieira. we shall see time will tell but she's definitely gonna fight one of those i bet yeah i mean she's not done no be, very much no. surprised me i was i wasn't going for that i just be like who, who, i mean who left my big question is like who was left to fight her i mean she's beating everybody's ass that's my yeah. thing she's beating everybody Besides this, guy. I mean, even even the number four in this abandoned weight, Aspen Ladd, she's seven and zero. So I mean, you, there's there's a lot of people in line to to want to take that belt from her. Okay, yeah. So maybe she's got a couple challengers. She'll she'll saw down. Um, the last one's gonna be interesting. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of an interesting fact. I I picked these three fighters to talk about because if they all win, they have very kind of up in the air, like who the hell are they gonna fight next? Like, what's their next move? Um, the last one's John Jones. You go ahead and look at the light heavyweight division. You let me know what you think. Um, but I'm going to, and I'm going to turn it over to Travis because I think we may be leaning the same way on what we want to see and what's realistically going to happen. Um, so what, so if John Jones goes out there and he beats Thiago Santos on Saturday, um, especially you said by submission, I said by a leg kick or a knockout, it's a big, big time win. You know who is going to be able to draw those kind of numbers next for for another pay per view for another title defense? <clears throat> I mean, I'd like him to, to go kick Daniel Cormier's ass again. Yeah, but. that's what I said. But D- DC stuck it. So DC's old. He's fighting Stipe Miocic in in August, and if he beats Stipe, I guarantee you they're going to set up 
Daniel Cormier's last one of his last fights will be against fucking Brock Lesnar for a super fight. That's my thing. Think so? Daniel Cormier has been so good to the UFC. He's been a good champion. He's never been in trouble. He does all their pregame stuff. He has that new... I mean, he commentates all their fucking pay-per-view fights. Yeah. So, I mean, he's been super good good to them. If he comes out and he beats Stipe, however, we're totally getting off topic here, Francis Ngannou could... Because Francis Ngannou's never fought Daniel Cormier. Yeah, and Francis Ngannou would whoop his ass. <laughs> That'd be interesting to see. I mean, I just, I don't, I think, I think Daniel Cormier's next fight he loses. Either way, you think, you think, Stipe, like you, you think Stipe's getting it back? Someone's getting it back from Daniel Cormier, but I don't think John Jones goes up to heavyweight to fight Daniel Cormier. Most likely just because Daniel Cormier does not want to fight John Jones again. No. He's too, he's too skinny. And if, for those of you who don't know UFC a lot, John Jones is like the Kevin Durant. That's what he looks like. He's but like he still has to cut weight to get on 205. He doesn't lanky. walk on 205. Yeah, I know. But still, like he's a very skinny and lanky guy. Um, other than that, John Jones is also 31. Um, I can see him going two years or so, defending his title, not giving it up and hanging it up as the best fighter to ever be in the UFC. See, my problem but, with that is, like, I don't think there's enough fighters in that division to do two years worth of fights. Like, he, like, I want a John Jones fucking super fight, like McGregor Diaz esque, like somebody who's either bumping up weight or coming down weight or whatever the fuck you want to do. And I want a super fight. Like, I want a fight that's not necessarily even for a belt. Like, just fight each other because it'd be fun. Like, I know John Jones called out Brock Lesnar. I don't think that's a great idea. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> you don't uh, want to call Brock Lesnar. I mean, there's no one in the light heavyweight division that would be a super fight. Uh, not a super fight, but there's there, there's one person out there who I think is worthy of it next, if 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 he can win another fight. Gustafsson? Dominic Reyes. He already, fight, he already fought Gustafsson and knocked him out in December. John Jones did. You're right. Or Dominic yeah. Reyes is 11-0. 11-0. 29 years old, um, number four contender in the division. That would be a good one. I mean, it's just hard for me to see anyone beating John Jones. If you've seen John Jones, you know what I'm talking about. If you've seen him fight, he's one of the smartest fighters I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, but even if he goes in and he beats Dominic Reyes, I mean, what? I mean, what the hell else can you can you do for the guy? You look at the division. I mean, he's beat Ozdemir, he's beat Gustafsson, he's beat Anthony Lionheart Smith. If he wins on Saturday, beat Diego Santos. He's beat Glover Teixeira before. He's beat Corey Anderson. I mean, he's literally beat all these guys. No one else in that division unless he miraculously cuts weight to go down to 185 and fights fucking Robert Whitaker's fucking bum ass. But I don't know. I just I think the next step for John Jones is probably going to be this Dominic Reyes guy, but I'd love to see a super fight. Either Jones, Cormier 3, either at a catch weight, you know, they can agree, like, hey, let's fight at 215. Because Cormier's fighting heavyweight. He's not fucking walking around. He's not fighting at 215 now. I mean, Cormier's number one behind John Jones' light heavyweight rankings, but still. Because Cormier had both belts at the same time. They made him give up the light heavyweight belt. He shouldn't have had both belts, but he did. True, true. I think Cormier's kind of found his groove in, in heavyweight. But if they can agree to, like, a super fight and do Jones DC3, when Jones is 100% clean because of their two fights they've had, Jones was technically dirty the second one. Kicked fucking Cormier in the head, knocked his ass out. Um, 
but I think it's going to be Dominic Reyes next for Jones. I really do. Yeah. I mean, that's really the only one left that he hasn't beaten. Yeah. And then after that, just start lining up this Jan Blanchowicz guy. That's if not. He, that's, and that's and that's if he wins on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, if he wins on Saturday, you got um, Dominic Reyes and Jan Blanchwitz on deck, both of them. Yeah, that could last seven or eight months before those happen. It'll last two years. John Jones is probably going to fight twice a year from here on out. But I know. Yeah. Yeah, because he fought in December, and this July is his technically first fight in 2019. I bet you he fights another one in November or December this year. Yeah, probably one every six or seven months. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, UFC 239 should be a good one. Um, you want If you're going to tune in to watch it, it's definitely going to be a good card, I think, up and down. Um, a lot of kind of stuff that really, if things don't go as we predicted, could be really up in the air. And even yeah. if the, even if how it predicted – these, for these three people we just talked about, their next fight is totally up in the air. I mean, it's dependent on, on a lot of shit. Um, so UFC is definitely in a good spot. It's very interesting. They actually have a, a couple big cards coming up later in the year. UFC 240 is actually at the end of July. That's going to be a big one. Max Holloway's fighting in that card. UFC 241 is going to be a big one. That's Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miocic. And also Nate Diaz come back to the ring for the first time since yeah. he fought McGregor. Um, Travis and I both became big fans of Nate Diaz. When he fought McGregor, we love Conor McGregor. We're rooting for Conor McGregor, but Diaz is a hell of a second fighter. Yeah, if, if, Conor McGregor, if Nate Diaz is fighting anyone but McGregor, I'm rooting for him. Yeah, so except they're fighting at welterweight though, bro. So yeah, but I don't know, man. Nate Diaz is a bad son of a bitch. Yeah. I'll tell you that. So we yeah. will we will see what happens in that. Yeah, he's actually fighting he's actually fighting Anthony Pettis. And so got two more big cards this summer before football season. Um I mean it should, should there should be some fun ones. Like Travis said, we'll tweet out some lines on Saturday um on what we think, maybe some good betting odds. You know, we'll probably do a couple of like, you know, he here here are your sure things. Here are some kind of more risky ones, like yeah. Fucking Joe Blow is going to knock out this guy in the third round or whatever. Yeah. So we'll put out we'll put out our main lines that we think is going to happen and some that are like, hey, this wouldn't be bad to look at, but it's not going to count against our record. Yeah, for sure. We're so, going to go boozing for the next four days in the Lake of the Ozarks. I've been prepping. Not four. Body. We'll be there thir- Wednesday. When you guys listen to this, we'll be there. Yeah. Either Thursday or Friday. We leave Saturday morning to come back. So technically. But, I mean, we're going to be boozing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then we're going to be boozing Saturday for this. Yeah, so that's fine. I've been prepping my body already for it. I'm in the middle of process. I'm in the process of moving out, so all my plates and forks and knives have been packed up. <laughs> so for the last two nights, I've actually two days, I've been drinking white claws and eating pizza rolls. There you go, man. I've had pizza Fuck rolls it. for the last three meals. I bought a ninety count pack yesterday. Ain't no laws when you're drinking claws, baby. Yeah, that's what it's all about. So if oh. you listen this far, I hope you heard that, Jim. <laughs> Hell yeah, hell yeah. So, um, y'all take it easy. You have a very happy and safe 4th of July. I was going to say the same thing. Were you really? Yes, I was going to say have a safe and happy 4th of July. Um, Celebrate America's independence. We live in, I'm not going to say the greatest country in the world, but one of the greatest countries in the world (laughs) because there's some beautiful fucking countries out there. But we live in a great one. Oh, Jason Pierre-Paul, your hand off this weekend. Yes. Yeah, don't do that. If you're going to be handing, seriously though, if you're going to be handing fireworks, be safe. Travis one time tried to light a single firecracker and then 
reared back to throw like a baseball, and the fucker blew up right in my ear. Right, it, was one right of those, by his ear. it was one of those leftover ones from the roll of firecrackers when they had the little stem on them. And I gave myself a little bit too much leeway. But don't go doing that with like an artillery shell. You might blow your head off. Yeah, just don't do any dumb shit with that. And if you don't want to light fireworks at all, which we probably won't, we're going to just chill back, drink some claws, some beers, some shots, whatever it is, and watch our fireworks over the water. So y'all take it easy and go watch them. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.